Hey, welcome back. Thank you for joining us again today. So uh, privileged that you would be a part of our online live service this morning. I'm Andy Elms. I'm the lead pastor of Family Church. And wherever you're watching today, we just want to send out a warm welcome to you. And thank you for taking this moment to join us. And uh, just want to encourage you, stay in contact with us. If there's things that we can do to help, please let us know. Well, here we are. We find ourselves on that Sunday before the new year. That Sunday that almost says goodbye to the one that we've known <clears throat> and welcomes in the one that we've not yet known. And, uh, you know, I hope that your Christmas time this year has been one that's been rich, one that you've been able to encounter the presence of God and experience God in a new and a fresh way. For all of us, in one way or another, it was like the wrappings that we've known of Christmas that made Christmas so much what it was. Many of those wrappings, like we said last week in my message, have been removed. And uh, what was left, I trust for you and for me, was the very essence of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ, King of Kings. You know, we've been watching some films over Christmas time, some of the classic ones, including The Gringe. And uh, I watched that with my family over the last few days. And as I was watching The Gringe, you know, the one with Jim Carrey, the, uh, the physical Gringe rather than the cartoon one, uh, it made me just think for a moment of how COVID and the restrictions that COVID have brought were very much a Gringe to the Christmas this year. But the interesting thing for the people of Whoville, for those who are familiar with the film, is when everything that they thought Christmas was had been taken away, what was left was the actual Christmas, what Christmas was really about. And I believe for many of us, we experienced something similar, that this year it was like COVID and the restrictions of COVID came in like a nasty gringe and started to steal some of the things that we associated to Christmas. But what we were left with on December the 25th, Christmas morning, when we awoke, opened our eyes to that Christmas morning, was that actually nothing has affected Christmas because Christmas was always about Jesus Christ given to us by the Father to bring us back to himself. Now, as we stand at the door of this new year, 2021, we step out from a very unusual one, 2020. If you would have told me in February of what the year ahead was going to be like, I don't think I or anyone would have believed what's happened over the last nine months. I can remember I was on a plane to Australia and uh, we went to Australia, me and Pastor Steve from Haven, and we were ministering Australia around February. And when we came back, people were beginning to wear masks on the plane. And I remember looking at Pastor Steve going, I don't know what the problem is with these people. I don't know why they're wearing masks. And uh, we came through Dubai airport and people were wearing masks. And we just looked at each other like, I don't know what this is about. Boy, within a matter of weeks, four or five weeks, we were suddenly all in this journey of lockdown and COVID and the restrictions that came with it. Now, there's been a lot of negatives to 2020. I understand that. But I believe for us as a church, there's also been a lot of positives. But 2020 enabled us to look at ourselves in a new way. Um, the amount of small groups, the small group community of us as a, as a church has grown and blossomed and bloomed and flourished during this season, where before small groups and our small community groups weren't as much as a focus of, as they are now. They've become 
suddenly incredibly important to who we are as a church. And as we move on, and I believe into days of healing where we're free from this COVID stuff, I want our small groups to remain a major part of who we are as a church, as the church of Jesus. And also it enabled us this season to look at ourselves and say, what is the church? And we've had many conversations over the last nine months regarding this, that the church was never a building. The church was never a meeting. We have buildings, we had meetings, but the church was always something better than that, stronger than that, a community of people who have been called out of darkness, a community of people who have Jesus in common. And again, as we move forward out of 2020 into 21, I want us to remain committed to who we are, the purpose of why we're on the earth. Now, as we step in to this new year on Thursday, we step in Thursday night to this new year, 2021. Let us purpose to do so in a way where we're fresh and we're ready. In the days that are leading up to the coming in of this new year, 2021, Let's do what we need to do to make sure that our hearts are not weary or disillusioned or hopeless, but rather fresh and ready for what God wants to do in this coming year. Maybe you would say to me, how can my heart be fresh? How can my heart be hopeful? My response is very simple because of the promises of God. The promises of God still remain true. The good news of whatever season we've been through is that God is still on the throne. His promises are still yes and amen towards us. What causes me to have a fresh heart as I lose this year called 2020 and the unusual, unprecedented moments of this last year? What causes me to step into 2021 with a freshness is I know that God still has plans for me, for us, for this nation, for this world. And I want to be a part of his plans in 2021. I'm very conscious that at some point as a church, we're going to have to suddenly all together be ready to change gear. We've been speaking a lot over the last few weeks of rebuilding. And because of the amount of time that's been involved in this journey that we've been on called COVID and lockdown, there's very real moments in our tomorrows where we need to be committed, as many of us as possible, to rebuilding the church, to strengthening the church, to resetting certain things, to, to restarting certain things. And for some people, I think, <laughs> jump-starting certain things. I want us to come into this new year, not held back by the year that we've known, but ready for what God's going to be doing in this year that we've not yet known or not yet seen. For us as a church, I believe, like I said, there's going to be a lot of work that we're going to need to do to reset, to rebuild, to refocus, to, to restart certain things that the world needs us to restart and rebuild. May we do so with hearts that are ready. I've coined this phrase, let's be ready for a carpe 21. Now, if you're familiar with the word carpe, it's a Latin term, and most commonly we know it as carpe diem. Maybe you've heard that mentioned in films or in other settings. Carpe diem is a Latin term that simply means enjoy, seize, make full use of the day. Carpe diem means to seize the day, 
to grab the day, to look to get from the day everything that the day has to give. Let me just separate carpe diem and just focus on this word carpe, to seize, to make full use of, to enjoy. Oh, may we come in because we have the promises of God with a heart that seeks to carpe 21, carpe the year 2021. I love one of the definitions of the word carpe is to gather in or to pluck. And that would fit very well within our heart for being soul winners as we talk about the harvest field. Let us step into 2021 with hearts that want to carpe harvest, seize the harvest, bring the harvest in for Jesus. So what I'm saying is let us all be ready to seize this new year. We stand in this moment that's a little bit like a corridor moment where we're leaving 2020, a year that was most unusual, very unprecedented, a year filled with surprises and things we never expected. But let's not remain in that which we've known, but reach forward to that which God wants us to know next. I'm reminded of what Paul teaches in the book of Philippians, chapter 3 and verse 13. But he speaks of his life and he says this, forgetting what lays behind, let us be found reaching forward for that which we've not yet known. Can I encourage your hearts today to be in a place where you're forgetting the negatives, the disappointments, maybe the hopelessnesses of what we've known together in this journey called 2020. And let us be found reaching forward, saying God has a plan for me, for our nation, for our church in this year. We're not going to sit in delusionment or hopelessness, but rather we're going to spend the next couple of days getting our hearts fresh, reaching forward for all that God wants to do next in our lives. God's got plans for you, for your family. It says in Jeremiah 29, verse 2, he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans of future, plans of hope. I believe Jeremiah 29, verse 11 is one of those verses that We've all held on to it different. Must be found holding on to that verse in this moment of transition where we cross over from one year to another. Now, there's no calendar on the fridge of God where he flicks over to 2021. He lives outside of time and space. But for us, it really is a point of contact, a point of contact that I believe that God will meet us in. Let's enter into this moment, this point of contact, where one year finishes and another year begins, with hope and faith in our hearts, reaching forward for the plans and the things that God has promised he has for us, in our lives individually, in our families, but also in our church, in our church family. God's got plans for us, family church. You know, I know that many people have joined our journey during this season of lockdown and are a part of our online congregation now. I speak to you as family church also. God has plans for us in this new year. Plans of planting more churches, strengthening the things that God has called us to do and plans of seeing souls won and coming into the kingdom. Let our hearts be filled with his plans as we cross over from one room to another from one year into a new one yet unseen 2021 is an interesting number i always try to look at the numbers 
of each new year. And just take a moment to pray and say, Lord, what does that number represent? Often in scripture, numbers can represent a whole lot of things. And as I was praying this year and I was prayerfully considering this, <clears throat> I was thinking, wow, 2020, the year of corrected vision. Boy, in many ways, our vision was certainly corrected. We see things in a different way than maybe we did when we started the year in January. But 2021, as I started to stop and consider and think about that, what I was reminded of was that moment of celebration when a person experiences their 21st birthday. Often when someone crosses that birthday time from being 20 to 21, there's a party, there's a celebration. And often we would sing a song, 21 today, 21 today. I've got the keys of the door. Never been 21 before. I'm sure if you've been around the culture and the life culture of England, you've heard that sung one or two times before. But we've sung at birthday parties when it came to a 21st birthday. 21 today, 21 today. We've got the keys of the door. You've got the keys of the door. Never been 21 before. I believe that we're crossing from one year to another, a year that we've never seen before. A year where God is going to do incredible things. In some ways, just when they said it was all over, suddenly God shows his hand and does something mighty in our church and in our lives. Keys of a door is an interesting thought. What if we were to associate 2021 with God giving us keys that we need to open doors in our lives, in our families, in our nation? In the year of 2021 that maybe we've not seen opened to the degree, the degree that he desires before. Keys of the kingdom. There's a verse in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, where it speaks of the Lord promising us a set of keys that aren't natural keys, keys found in this world, but they're keys of his kingdom. And apparently they're keys that can loose things as well as bind things. Let's look at this verse together on this Sunday as we get ready to leave one year and enter into another. It says in Matthew 16 and verse 19, this is Jesus speaking to us, not just to the men that were listening to him then, the men and women that were listening to him 2,000 years ago, but to us today also. It says in Matthew 16 and verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, he's speaking this to his church who are present on the earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed also in heaven. It's interesting that when you look at these verses found in Matthew 16, verse 19, the ones that come before them are the verses where Jesus declares he will build his church. It says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to stop her in what I've given her to do. In the year of 2020, I believe, like I've said, we've rediscovered in a new way, in a fresh way, what church actually is. Maybe for us all, church was too much of a building, too much of a meeting, too much of a stage event. And God needed to reset us so that we understood that 
The church is not a building. The church is us. It's the people. God doesn't live in buildings. He lives in the people who have given their lives to him. In verse 18, he says, oh, don't be worried. I will build my church. Listen, I believe that in 2021, God is going to build his church. A church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. But then his very next statement is he says, and I'm going to give you keys. 21 today, 21 today. I've got the keys of the door. Never been 21 before. What if in this moment the devil's trying to distract us, take our attention, keep us bound by a moment that was in a year that was unprecedented? Yet God is standing there with a set of keys that are to be found by every believer. Keys that, according to him, have the power to bind evil and loose heaven. What if so much of what's been happening came to distract us from understanding who we are as the church of Jesus Christ on the earth and also the authority that God has given us to bind things that need to be bound and to be loosing things that need to be loosed. This is very interesting, isn't it? And giving us keys to the kingdom or giving us kingdom keys to bind or loose would be the thing that was much needed in the hour we find ourselves. We do not need natural keys. We need spiritual keys. We do not need natural ability we need to see heaven break out in our lives and through our lives. The world needs us to carry Jesus into every corridor, every corner. God needs us to be his bright shining light in any darkness that may surround us. I believe that this is a perfect moment for us to find the keys of the kingdom that bind loose restrain and set free. Now we need to understand that when Jesus speaks of keys, a set of keys that he wants us to handle, to know, to possess, they're not natural keys. I've got a set of natural keys. They're over there on the table and there's keys to getting into my natural home, my natural car. But those keys don't enable me to get into anything that's spiritual. No, I need another set of keys if I want to bind or loose, have access or lock doors to things unseen. And it's those keys that I believe that the Lord is offering, not just the leaders of a church or pastors or vicars or priests, but every follower. As we leave 2020 and we step into 21, there's some keys to the door that God wants you to discover and he wants to teach you how to use them so that in the year that's coming, there won't just be a repair to the things lost in the year gone, but an acceleration. Ephesians 3.20 says, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what we can imagine in our wildest dreams. We need to understand that we use natural keys for natural things. But we're not just natural 
in our existence. We're also spiritual. And we cannot try to use natural keys to create spiritual change. We must use spiritual keys to cause things to happen in the unseen of life as we know it, but then manifest in the seen of life that we live in. Spiritual keys, you see, are used by spiritual people. I could expound on that more, but I want to save the time for something I want to introduce you to, invite you to be a part of as we step into this new year. Suffice to say that, like I've underlined, natural keys do natural things. I don't try to open my car in a moment with spiritual kingdom keys. I don't try and open the door of my house when I return later with spiritual kingdom keys. But equally, it's pointless trying to bring about supernatural changes and shifts with things that are merely natural. Today, I believe that the Lord is offering us a set of keys that can cause incredible shift and change, not just in our own lives, the church that we represent, Family Church, but even in our nation and in our government. In these moments where as a nation we finally get to leave Europe, my prayer is that we would see kingdom men and women arising in the corridors of parliament that have God at the centre of their hearts that could lead this nation, Great Britain, back into a greatness that pleases God. There's practical things that we could do to step into this new year, and I'm not adverse or anti-them. I believe that we all need to practically brush off some of the dust and the rust and the things of 2020. In the days that lead us to this new moment of a new day, the dawning of a new year, let us all brush off some of the things that we shouldn't take with us as we leave one year and enter into another. I believe that practically we need to be intentional. Some people just drift through life, others make intentional footsteps. Make intentional footsteps for you and your family. Some would call them resolutions. I want resolutions in my life that last more than a few days. Make plans for the life that you want to live for God in 2021. Talk to your family over these days that are leading into this new year. Have conversations if you're married with your husband, with your wife, with your children. Be intentional. Don't just drift from one year to another. If you do that, one day you'll wake up and your time will have been spent and you'll have regrets of what you didn't achieve. Be intentional. Make plans. Talk about how you want your family to be, your finances, the different subsections of your life. But I believe every practical decision we could make should be trumped with spiritual decisions. To me, one of the greatest spiritual decisions that we can make, if we want to find these keys that Jesus offers us, and use them effectively, is to be a prayerful people. Where does prayer fit in your life? I can only answer for myself. I can't answer for you. It's not mine to judge you. It's mine to judge myself. How much prayer was involved in the confusing, sudden moments of 2020? 
How much prayer am I going to include? Am I going to be a prayerful person as I step into this new year? I know one thing, that where you add sincere relational prayer to anything, it always changes everything. Prayer is good, but I also believe that when you add fasting to good prayer, it takes prayer to a new dimension. Come on, let's face it, when we look at the year we've come from and the things we need to see happen in the year we're stepping into, it's certainly not a moment for casual prayer where we take it or leave it when we fancy it. But rather we need to be intentional, just as we are with the other decisions in our life. I believe that surely you're feeling this too, right? But as we step from 2020 into 2021, we need to be intentionally prayerful but also bring out the big guns, fasting. It's for this reason that we're inviting you to join us in a church fast from January the 1st. Now, this invitation is for you if you're in one of our family church congregations, but also for anyone that's joined our journey over the year of lockdown and the year that we've known of online church. This is just an open invitation for any one of you to come and join us as we make a decision to intentionally step into 21, not just looking for practical things, but spiritual keys that would do like Jesus said, bind things that need to be bound, sicknesses, illnesses, plans of the enemy that need to be bound, but also would lose things. I'm believing this year that's coming, we'll see miracles released. We'll see provision released. We'll see supernatural freedom released in people's lives. Like I said, you get into a natural car or home with natural keys, but those keys don't get you into the spiritual things that we really need. Yet these keys are available because Jesus clearly said in the verses that we've read, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I can remember me and my family have experienced different times in our lives that have been tough, hard, interesting. We're no different to you and your family. And we had one situation once that seemed so desperate, seemed so desperate. And we, we looked around for natural help and natural ability to help us only to, it's just a few years ago, reach the conclusion that in this situation we were facing, there was nothing on earth that could help us bring what we needed loosed or to see bound that which needed to be bound. And that's where I found myself on my knees. And on my knees I found a set of keys, kingdom keys open doors that other keys couldn't open, released miracles into that situation my family were facing, released restoration and strength. But today we have a testimony. But in that moment of test, my awareness was sometimes there's nothing on the earth that can help you. That's not where you go into depression. That's where you lift your eyes beyond what's available on this earth to what God is offering you. So we want to step into 2021, thankful for his goodness, his provision, for how he carried us in 2020, but also resolved in our hearts that we're going to be spiritual people, 
a people that pray, a people who aren't scared to pray and fast, to discover the need, to discover the keys that we need, not just for our own lives, but for those in our communities. So we're going to be holding a fast, prayer and fasting. We do this most years, especially the last three or four. But I believe that when we look at where we're coming from and where we're heading, this year we need to consider as a church praying and fasting deliberately more than ever before. I was talking to Gina this morning before I came to the, the studio here. And I said, wow, you know, we started this year, 2020, praying and fasting. How would we have prayed and fasted if we'd known the year that was ahead? We can't do anything about the one that's gone, but we can step with footsteps of passion concerning prayer and fasting into the one we've not yet seen. Now, when it comes to praying and fasting, to me, it's about giving God the best of who we are, laying aside things that we love. We don't want to pray or fast in any religious sense or legalistic sense or, you know, something that has no purpose to it. We want to do this understanding what we're doing. But to me, I want us to start our fast on January the 1st. Often when we've done prayer and fasting in family church, we've kind of got over New Year's Day and we did it a few days later. No, not this year. This year, I believe, demands from us something a little bit extra than that. That's why in my heart when I was praying, I said, no, let's give God the first day. When we hear the chime of a new year on Thursday night and we enter in on Friday morning to a new year, let's enter in as a church, praying and fasting, believing God, taking hold of spiritual keys, seeing things released, seeing things that need to be bound, locked away. The world, our community, our city, our nation, our families need us to respond to this in a significant way. So I want to invite you, if you're a part of our journey, to join us January the 1st. Now, if you turn around and you say, I want my last meal, I'm not going to argue with you. Join us wherever you want in that 21 days. But I want to encourage you. A whole bunch of us are starting that first moment. Why? Because to me, it's like a tithe. Now, when we understand tithing, we understand that tithing gives God the very first, the very, the very best. One uh, of the definitions of tithing is first fruits. Uh, right the way through the Bible, you see that God was fascinated or desired always the first of something, the first fruit, the first child born. You'll see the principle carried throughout the Bible. So I don't want to give God the second day. In this moment where we need to see supernatural things happen, supernatural provision for people, supernatural miracles, healings, breakthroughs for people. I'm not going to give God day two or God day two and a half. As the leader of family church, I'm going to say, come on, let's be brave and give God day one, minute one, moment one, and say, Lord, we present to you 21 days, the very first of this new year, believing that as we do that significantly, your blessing and your goodness, your freedom, your authority and your power, all things represented in the keys he's given us, will be present in the 12 months of the year. We need to understand what fasting is and what it isn't. 
We're not fasting to beg God. Nothing we can do by begging would cause him to do anything he wouldn't normally do. What manner of God would he be that responds only when we beg? That's not God. No, fasting makes us aware of him. Fasting silences some of the other appetites, distractions, noises in life and causes us to focus on him. That's why the Bible speaks of prayer and fasting. The taking time not to eat, not to do certain things, frees up time and focus to one hear the soul within us that will become very loud during times of fasting, but also to give God that time to hear him above the voice of our soul. We're going to be teaching a lot over the 21 days of our fast. There's going to be videos on the website, on Facebook. Each of the pastors in Family Church are going to be sharing messages of encouragement. It's a journey we're taking together, even though it's an individual moment of self-sacrifice, prayerfulness, seeking him. Also, we're doing it as a community. We need to understand that fasting isn't begging God or asking him to do something he wouldn't do normally. It's silencing the other voices to hear him. We don't want to be legalistic. We want to be desperate. <laughs> oh, you could do fasting legalistically. That's where you let everybody know what you're doing. And it's, it's an external thing to be seen by others that they would give you applause. We don't want to fast that's legalistic. We want to fast that's desperate. God, we need to see an awakening in our country. We need to see an awakening in your church. We need to see an awakening. God, would you awaken us? and breathe upon us in a fresh way. People can buy in as they choose. We don't want to legalistically say, everybody's got to fast like this. Rather, what we want to say is, would you seek the Lord in these days leading up to 2021, January the 1st, would you seek the Lord what he would have you lay aside? Because fasting involves you laying aside something that's special to you. I've often put it this way, if you feel it leave, you'll feel the good of it return. But for me to give up cream cakes really isn't much of an issue because I'm not a big fan of cream cakes. But Indian curry, chicken tikka masala, oh, that causes an irritation deep within my soul. Then to lay aside a cream cake would be a pointless pursuit of just going through the motions. In the same way, what is it in your world that the Holy Spirit is underlining? Lay this aside for 21 days. And again, maybe you want to involve food. For many of us, fasting will involve food, but that could be full fasting. I know certain people that are going to full fast for a number of days, which means they're just going to drink water and they're going to lay aside all food. I know others who are going to do partial fasts where they're going to lay aside their favourite delicacies or the foods they love the most. I know others that are going to give up caffeine, others that are going to give up cakes and sugar. There's a whole multitude of different people that are going to be fasting in different ways, but all of them are laying aside something that they believe the Holy Spirit has underlined in their heart. Also, social media. Social media has become something bigger than what people like to eat sometimes. What about if the Holy Spirit says to you, lay aside Facebook, Instagram, your social media for a season. The time that you would use on that, use that to seek me, to find the keys that you need 
for the year that I'm promising you. So we're going to teach a lot on this over the next few weeks. But I want to say to you, join us in this fast, whether it's a full fast, whether it's a partial fast, whether it's certain foods for certain times, whether it's social media or some other social thing that you would normally do. Be persuaded. Be deliberate. Don't do it because I'm asking you. Do it because you want to see the keys of the kingdom in operation in your life. Also, obviously, be wise that certain people have health conditions that mean food, uh, a full food fast wouldn't be advisory or wisdom in their life at this time. We're not asking anyone to do anything silly or stupid. We're just saying find that thing that causes a response within your soul. Lay it aside to hear him, to be prayerful. Let us enter together this new year, this new room called 2021 with a heart to not just know the keys that this life offers us, but to find the keys of the kingdom that do things that the keys of this life could never do. My favourite model of fasting is obviously found in the man called Daniel. Take time this next few days to read through Daniel 10, Daniel chapter 10. You see a man who was in a moment but he didn't understand things that were happening. When you read about Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, he was in a moment that could be somewhat comparable to the moment we find ourselves in, where he didn't understand what was going on. It says that when Daniel fasted, he fasted to gain understanding. You see, he had natural keys, but he needed spiritual ones. And when Daniel fasted, God gave him supernatural understanding so that he was able to lead in a way that God had called him to. But also when we read about Daniel in chapter 10, we read that his fasting, his laying aside of delicacies or food, it says he laid aside red wine and delicacies and certain things for 21 days. That's where we get the time period of 21 days from. It says that during that time, God was working in the unseen causing a shift that would be seen in the scene. Like I said before, I've got natural keys that enable me to access and use natural things. Yet, please, maybe, maybe, may we please be aware that there remains other keys that Jesus is offering that will unlock things in the unseen, that will release things in the scene. When Daniel had finished fasting, he met with a, a messenger of heaven. And the messenger of heaven said this to him, Daniel, on day one, God heard your prayer. The next 20 days was about a fight or a battle in the unseen where God released the things you were praying for so that they could come into manifestation in the world that you know. As we enter into this time of fasting and prayer as a church, let it not be mournful, but let it be sober. Let it not be just performance, but let it be passionately real for each and every one of us. Whether the Lord's asked you to fast all food for a time or a certain food for the 21 days or for a week, I'm not here to judge what you're fasting. Just to be true to that which God is calling me to lay aside, 
over the 21 days. But let's be prayerful, church. But in these days of praying and fasting that starts on January the 1st, if you want to join us at the very start of the journey, we're believing that we are going to see heaven bring us an understanding of the moment we're in and how he would have us to respond. The people are going to gain an understanding of different things they need to do in their family, in their finances. All the practical areas that make up the life of a person. I believe that Jesus wants to give keys that bind and loose. I suppose the question as we close is simply this. Will you join us? You don't have to. I'm not Herod passing a decree. I'm just a local church pastor saying, I believe that God has got a lot more for you, your family, and for our church in this year that's coming than any of us have yet imagined. We need to be committed to bringing him the first of the year, making the first 21 days, however the Holy Spirit leads you to do it, making it a tithe where we say, Lord, before anyone else, before everything else, we give you the first. We're going to be praying during this 21 days for our nation, for our government. Our prime minister needs our prayer. Our government need our prayer. As we separate ourselves from Europe, as we move into what happens next with COVID and the restrictions and the tears and whatever other challenges may face us in 2021. The Bible instructs us that we're to pray for our authorities. We're to pray for our government. So during our praying and fasting, we're going to include our nation. We're going to include the situations like COVID and lockdown. We're going to include our lives and we're going to include the church. We're going to have teaching each day during the 21 days available on Facebook and on the website. It just encourages you, instructs you, teaches you. Let me just end with this thought. If we could have known last January what was coming in 2020, how would we have prayed and fasted different to what we did? I remember last year, the Lord was speaking to me of feasting. And in many ways, I believe that all of us have feasted on the goodness of God in a time where natural things were taken away. So I believe I was hearing true with that. But when I look back to the January of last year, how much more would I have prayed or sought the Lord? How much more would you have prayed and sought the Lord if you knew the year that was coming? Come on, this year, let's respond differently. Let's step into 2021 individually as families, as a community of people called the church who are followers of Jesus Christ, ready to find keys that this world can't give us, that unlock things that this world desperately needs. Would you join us January the 1st? Like I said, if you want to join us on the 2nd or the 3rd or the 4th, this isn't legalistic. But will you join us at the beginning of January for this time of prayer and fasting?
where we take hold of the keys of the kingdom and see heaven break out in our nation and beyond. If you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus, it's probably the most important decision that you could ever make. Well, it is the most important decision you can ever make. Other decisions may affect you in this life, but to choose or reject Jesus will affect you also in the life to come. We believe very much in a heaven and a hell. We believe that the flames of hell still burn bright today. That's why we're pushing that we would become greater soul winners than we've ever been. But maybe you're watching today and you say, I don't know where I stand with God. Maybe you once walked with him, but you drifted away and you just feel an urgency to return. That's wonderful. Could I lead you in a prayer today? I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if that's you today, when I say amen at the end, just add your amen to it. And heaven, God, will hear that earnest prayer from an honest heart and make all things new for you today. So if you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm not asking, have you been to, been to church? Were you born in a Christian nation? I'm asking, is there a moment in your life that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? If not, why not make that moment right now? You've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. And for those who have maybe lost their way, come back today. Father, I thank you that you are still on the throne, King of kings, Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us, to remove the separation and bring us back into your family. Today, we acknowledge, Jesus, you are the son of God, the only God. You are the saviour of the world, not just at Christmas, but every day, every moment of life. Thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. You died for us and you died as us. You brought us from separation. You give us a new life, a new birth, the moment we place our faith in you. Lord, today we place our faith in you. And we say, forgive us our sins. Make all things new. Restore us into relationship with the Heavenly Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, heaven just heard you. God has seen the activity of your heart. And I really believe now is filling people afresh with the Holy Spirit. Why not contact me? Write me an email, andy at family.church. Nice simple address. Let me know if you've prayed that prayer. Either if you've given your life to the Lord for the first time or you're somebody coming back. Send me an email. Let me know. Well, our prayers are with you as together we cross from a year that's unprecedented into a one that I believe God is going to expose and reveal and show himself mighty in. The Lord bless you and bless your families. God bless.